From the Talking Disney Studios in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and Logan, Utah, this is the Talking Disney Podcast. Jason and Cody. I'm Jason. And I'm Cody. Welcome to episode 43 of the Talking Disney Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and I'm here once again with my co-host, Cody. How's it going, Cody? It is going, Jason. All right. All right. It's been a little while since we recorded. We took a we took a little time off. Uh, I went on a quick vacation that I did not want to come back from. I went down to Lake Havasu City, Arizona, where it's nice and hot. I think it was like 105, 106 Oof. in the day. Uh, Were you guys out on the water mostly? During the day, yeah. 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 My dad has a has a small little houseboat. So I was able to Gotcha. Uh we kinda when it was parked, it would it would provide some pretty good shade. And yeah, you know, I'd sit on the on on the front of it where there was shade. Mm-hmm. Uh Maddie played in the water the whole time and uh, we had fun. We had fun. The The heat tested the AC in the trailer, though, when we were back at the trailer. So, oh, yeah. Because it was pretty much running nonstop for four or five days. So, uh, but, it, but it worked out and had in and out a few times down there in Lake Havasu. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. And uh, went, went, went out on the boat, swam in the water, went on a little, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a not really a raft, but it's something that gets pulled pulled behind the boat on my sister's boat. Um, you kind of sit down and it's a big inflatable, like a tube, like, like a tube, but it's like solid. You 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 can fit three 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 people sit, sitting across. Yeah, it. So, yeah. I don't know what it's called, but it was fun. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, we had fun. had had most of our all of all of my brothers and sisters were out there. My dad, my uncle. Uh, my aunt and then uh, one of my cousins and her family um, got to ride my sister's boat for the first time. And uh, it was first time she got to use her trailer. Uh, and then I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this here, but uh, you know, they live in Phoenix and uh, they just bought the trailer. I think they bought the boat last year. They, they, they really like going camping and going to the river or to the lake and stuff and using it and, uh, we got home. She got home that Monday, and she found out that her husband got orders to go to Japan. So <laughs> they have to sell the boat. Oh, uh, I think they're keeping the trailer. They'll probably store it at my dad's house. But uh, but that does give me a reason to plan a trip to Japan uh, before they leave because they'll be there for three years and go to Tokyo Disneyland. So yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I know she she true. is so. Oh yeah, that's all. That's all he did. Is she the one that listens to us? She does. Hi, Amber. How uh, you doing, hi, Amber? <laughs> uh, yeah, she does, and she's the one who. Um, uh, her her husband is obviously in the Air Force. If he's going over there, but in in his office, and I don't remember the guy's name, so I apologize. But there's a guy in his office that listens to us too. Oh, very cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hello, um, listener. Yeah, exactly. Hello. I think he was telling me a story one time. He was walking down the office or whatever their, their, their thing is laid out and he heard my voice and 
like, what is Jason doing there? Uh, sometimes <laughs> I hear your voice at random times too. And then I realize I'm having a nightmare. You're having a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was too. So, so yeah, we're, we're back home, back to work. Um, and back to doing a, another episode of the podcast where we got a couple of things to talk about. Did, did you have anything to share before we, before we get into the, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly? You might as well just roll into it. I, I guess it'd be bad, ugly and good, or I don't know how, how you want to rank it, but, uh, so um, earlier in the week, oh, I'd Cody, say, Cody's already rolling his eyes. <laughs> it's, it's, um, bad, bad unfortunate, ugly. but expected. And then, unexpected and blasphemous and then <laughs> delightful and cheery delightful and cheery yeah yeah so we'll get into it um <laughs> the first thing we wanted to talk about and what what, what did you say uh un- or expected uh, unfortunate but expected but expected yeah yeah it was announced earlier in the week um i don't what day was that is that Tuesday, Wednesday? When Tuesday, I believe. Tuesday? Tuesday? I'd have to go back through our text, but oh, uh, it was announced that uh, Disneyland's proposed phase reopening in their theme parks for July seventeenth uh, is not going to happen. Uh, until further notice, they are not going to open. I know they had plans; they had submitted plans. Uh, but unfortunately, it looks like the state of California has uh, indicated that they're not going to issue any theme park reopening guidelines until after July 4th. Uh, so that I don't think would give them enough time to it'd be just a little less than two weeks to figure out what they have to do based on what California wants to do. Right. Uh, so f- as of right now, they're just putting it on hold until they, they get this, this, these guidelines from the state uh, and then they can figure out what they need to do. They were ready to open. I know they had a pretty much, I think they were going to follow the, the, the Shanghai, Hong Kong, Walt Disney World, mm-hmm. uh, things that they were going to do with social distancing and mask and uh, hand washing stations, et cetera, et cetera. So, right. uh, and it's probably all those things are going to be good enough. They'll probably fall in the guidelines for the state of California, but uh, they just want to make sure, I guess. So uh, downtown Disney still going to reopen on July 9th, as they previously announced with all those health and safety protocols in place. Uh, but, uh, in order you know, to go into Disneyland and Disney California venture, it's going to be a little while longer. Uh, so if you made reservations for j- the middle of July, late July, they were they just might- canceled. <laughs> they were, they were just canceled. So, uh, unfortunate, but like Cody said, kind of expected. Uh, so hopefully soon, um, like I've said before, I, it, I'm not really hurt by this yet because I didn't have a trip planned in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, hopefully I have one planned in 2021. We'll see. Yeah, my trip was like five days after they decided to shut down. Right. right. <laughs> I'm still better about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I think our one of our listeners, sometimes guest, uh, James, I think he had the day, like the day he heard or something, I think he made reservations at a hotel. He did. As soon as they made that announcement, yeah. he booked uh, a hotel reservation, which he's right. probably now canceled. Yeah, because I know he ha- he has tickets to uh, the Star Wars night. I don't know what they're calling it now. Yeah, uh, it was going to be in August. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's affected yet. 
Not yet. I don't believe Disney's canceled it yet. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, I imagine if they do, they'll refund him. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's the, that's the first bit of news. No, no Disneyland reopening. Um, you can go hang out at downtown Disney though, if you want get your, get your fix. Um, if you're in the area. So, um, so that's all I got to say about that. Did you have anything more on that, Cody? No, it's just, it's going to be a ever-changing scenario. You know, the state of California could issue its guidelines, and then if things start to spike again before any they officially open, even after they officially open, if the state says they have got to shut down, they're going to have to follow those those mandates so the rest of this year for disney just because they open back up doesn't necessarily mean that they won't close again right so heck i may get to uh tokyo disneyland before i get back to disneyland (laughs) oh man Uh, crazy hopefully disney world is still operational in october october oh yeah because you might be going huh uh well i'm still trying to convince somebody but Uh, okay okay we'll talk about that later I could talk about it now. She doesn't listen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So we'll see. Okay. Um, All right. Next bit of news we got was, was it yesterday or uh, Wednesday? I think it was yesterday morning. Yesterday morning. Thursday. Yeah. Thursday morning. So then the, the announcement about the park opening being postponed was Wednesday because they were back to back days. Okay. So Wednesday we got we heard that Disneyland wasn't reopening, and then yesterday we got the news that uh, at Disneyland and Walt Disney World uh, that they were going to be retheming the Splash Mountain ride to a um, Princess and the Frog, uh, Princess Tiana themed uh, log ride. Um, mm-hmm. I, I texted. I think I texted you and James fairly quickly. When I saw it, yeah. I don't think there was, uh, and I had seen it on just a random Facebook Disney page. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to share this yet. Cause I want to go look for it. And then shortly after that, it popped up on Disney parks blog and Disney's official Twitter stuff. And so yeah, um, if it's on the blog, it's a done deal. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I try to check there first before. Because I, I, I mean, I saw the, petitions going around within the last i don't know few weeks month right and um, I'll, I'll mention something about those petitions in a, in a minute because you know i'll just mention it now so according to this article they had planned they had planned they were in planning for this for the, about the last year i don't believe uh, it i yeah i i I don't know if they were, I don't know if they weren't, but you know, now I'm sure it's possible that some guy low on the totem pole in Imagineering was like, Hey, wouldn't it be interesting right. if we decided to take one of Disney's most beloved attractions that people don't <laughs> complain about and change it for absolutely right. no reason, just because we can. Yes. And everybody so- laughed at him, <laughs> but now, yeah, well, what I wanted to mention about about the petitions, because I had seen petitions last couple of weeks, and then somebody replied on one of their sites, oh, look, our petition worked. No, no. your petition didn't work. Disney, no. Disney's Disney, never Disney came company, to a petition, yeah, ever. They could ever. care less about your change.org petition. So 
um, yeah, just get that thought out of your head. So my, my initial thoughts on the, the retheming of Splash Mountain, it was, I, I was a little mad. I, I love Splash Mountain, the ride. Um, probably zippity doo is probably to me, probably the number two all-time Disney song behind um, Wish Upon a Star, When You Wish Upon a Star. I think it's, you know, you hear zippity doo you, you you automatically think, I think Disneyland, you know, et cetera. So yeah. um, now nothing against Princess and the Frog. I love the Princess and the Frog movie. It's probably in my top 10 to 15 all-time Disney animated movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 yeah, it's just something about it. I like, I, I like the songs. It's got great songs, the story, etc. Um, it's represented in Disneyland as far as it's got some character meets and greets that I've seen out in New Orleans Square. And Tiana. at that and little theater, amphitheater, theater over by Toontown, right before you go into Toontown over there by Small World, where they used to have the Princess Fantasy Fair thing or whatever oh, okay. it was. Okay. They do a stage show there, a little musical, and Tiana and Princess and the Frog, the movie is represented in that okay. play, and they perform a couple of the musical numbers from that movie. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so- I've seen Tiana on the Mark Twain before and walking around New Orleans. I've seen Dr. Facilier yeah. also yeah. out there. So, so I do, I do like the movie. I think, I think, uh, uh, Princess and the Frog attraction would be great. Yeah. I just think it needs its own. Or the other thing I was thinking, Splash Mountain is technically in what critter country. Now, yeah. granted it's right next door to New Orleans square. So they could, they, I guess they could expand the land a little, but then critter country is going to be, uh, the Winnie the Pooh ride and the, and the restaurant. And that's going to be it. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to, or if they're just going to get rid of Critter Country as a whole and just turn that all into New Orleans Square. I don't, I don't know. Um, but well, I, because I was talking about this with Tyler, uh, James's son. Yeah. And we were talking about that same thing because he really likes Winnie the Pooh. And, and so he's like, they better not take away Winnie the Pooh. And I was like, man, I'm, at this point, apparently nothing's safe. So I can't right. say they're not going to, but <laughs> now granted, this is Disneyland specific. I'm pretty sure in Walt Disney world, I think splash mountain is in Frontierland. Cause uh, I, I, I remember reading something that said it didn't, it didn't go with that land. So it is over there kind of by Frontierland in, in Disney world. Yeah. I didn't okay. go on it when I went to Disney world a couple of year, years ago. Cause it was in January and they had it closed for refurbishment, but okay. it borders. It's like right on the edge of Frontierland. Yeah. So I think for, for me, I think a better representation of the animated film, I think would have been a restaurant. I think the, so. The movie is about her desire to own her own restaurant. Right. So, so they could redesign cafe Orleans, which has yeah, the Ben sure. thing right in the back of it. Yep. Or, honestly a little upscale finer dining turn freaking blue bayou into tiana's restaurant or whatever if it has a name in the movie i don't know but uh, i think i think it was tiana's place tiana's place turn blue bayou into tiana's place right i'm perfectly fine with that that would not upset me right um 
it fits I just the think theme of that area. Because it's yeah, not just, the pirates, you can just see it when you're on pirates. But it has nothing to do with the pirates' right. ride. So right. you could turn it into Tiana's place, and it would be an upscale, classy, New Orleans style, or mm-hmm. uh, dining Where location, is, which it is anywhere. The res- what's the restaurant? Is it is it the Riverbell Terrace? The Riverbell Terrace. That's the one. Uh, that's like on in that little corner. Coming from Adventureland and yeah. Frontierland, yeah, right, yeah, right next to the rivers, and do that one. Any of those restaurants, freaking, any of those would work. Yeah, that 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 was my my initial thought. Now, put aside my my feelings about Splash Mountain and the ride and the attraction, and the music. Do I think when Disney's done with it and it's a Princess and Frog ride, it'll probably be amazing? I mean, it's not going to be. They're not going to do a crappy job on it. I mean, it's probably going to be a very good ride, but it's something I don't think they needed to do. I don't think um, they needed to do it either. So, um, yeah, cause nothing. I, and, and, and this is my opinion and some people may not have the same opinion. I'm not trying to get political at all. It's not what I, I want this show to be about, but it'd be hard to say that this is not politically motivated. This decision. I don't think that the ride itself portrays any form of racism. That's right. You know, the the ride or the characters from the ride right. being from the Song of the South. Uh, that, yeah. Brer Rabbit, Brer Fox, uh, Brer Bear. But Uncle um, Remus isn't in the ride. Uncle Remus isn't in the ride. Um, you know, it's. There's no plantation house. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's. Yes, yeah, it's got the song Zippity Doodah. Um, but yeah, I don't Yeah, I agree with you. Uh I I agree with you. I am all for the Imagineer showing us a new dark ride, even a new a, a secondary water ride over there or water flume, whatever they wanted to do, another dark ride, whatever. From the ground up princess and the frog attraction. I'm all yeah. for it. Show us what you can do from the ground up. You Help know, because do, do, uh, do it over uh, on the Island. <laughs> you yeah. already took away Tom Sawyer's Island and made it pirates lair. Just turn that whole thing into an extension of the bayou. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. You got the river, you got across. You could make that whole area of the bayou. Yeah. But if they're going to, you can't tell me that they're not going to recycle those same animatronics that are in there. Some of them probably won't change at all. Very it's just going to have yeah. different music that they're singing, but they're all going to be in there doing the same movements and things which were recycled. Those animatronics were recycled from America Sings. Yeah. I just, I don't think that they needed to, to touch this attraction for this purpose. Mm-hmm. And and you can't tell me that it was just like they've been wanting to change a ride and they just decided to pick this one. It's It has to do with turning what they feel or what they're being pressured to feel as a poor representation of African-American culture to a positive representation of African-American culture. Yeah. And that's why they chose this ride specifically because of – it's tied to the song of the South. Yep. 
Um, I if they do this, it makes sense for at least all the way through Splash Mountain to become an extension of New a New Orleans area, New Orleans Square. Right. And then I feel like that right side of Critter Country where the Hungry Bear Restaurant is, the Winnie the Pooh attraction, and then the Pooh's Corner gift shop and little candy store. Instead of it calling it Critter Country, just just that half of that area, because <laughs> the left half is still attached to Splash Mountain and whatever they're going to call it when they're done reimagining it. They could turn, instead of calling it Critter Country, just New Orleans expands and then that little sliver becomes the Hundred Acre Woods and you retheme Hungry Bear Restaurant rather than trying to change the Pooh Ride and the Pooh Store. Right. So you and then you get Pooh Store, Pooh Ride, Pooh Restaurant. Well, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to eat at the Pooh Restaurant? <laughs> but... um. <laughs> Because you have like Mickey's Toontown. Now you can have Pooh's 100 Acre Wood. Yeah. And it would just be a little sliver that you can keep the Winnie the Pooh meet and greet. I And maybe even change out that meet and greet area to where you can put like, well, I was going to say Br'er, Br'er, Br'er Rabbit and all them, but they're, they're, they, got, they got the eviction notice. But Tiana could meet over there. But then that's a, a major clash of characters. So right. I don't know. It makes that whole kind of dead end space there uncertain because that's right at that back entrance of Pooh's corner is where the exit for splash mountain is. And so you kind of have to have that whole area be somewhat copacetic. Yeah. And it does in the article nowhere or anything that I've read, there's no timeline for this. And we were talking before, uh, it'd be, it'd be nice if they could, uh, give it, a little bit of time. So people that would do want to go on splash mountain for the last time, you know, so they know not, not just, Hey, when it opens up after this coronavirus thing, splash mountain is closed for, you know, reimagining. That would be kind of cool. Just yeah. when it reopens, no one ever gets to ride splash mountain again. Yeah. Your last time was your last time. Your last time. So, um, have you seen since the announcement that splash mountain, articles yeah. merchandise on ebay have been yeah. selling like crazy the I stuff on shop disney have been selling right the last time we went to disneyland we rode on splash mountain they gave us those little ziploc baggies for yeah. our phones mm-hmm. i saw one of those on ebay for like 40 bucks yeah just just the baggie so right we still got our sitting in, in our room <laughs> uh, so if it gets over 100 i'm gonna throw mine on ebay see the, the funko do. pop collection that they did with brer 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 rabbit and brer fox those are sold out on Shop Disney right now. That's crazy. People just yeah. went and bought them. Yep. I'm so, glad I have my little Splash Mountain Funko Pop with Br'er Br'er and Br'er Rabbit in the log. Where'd you get that one from? I bought it on eBay because it was a Disney Parks exclusive. So somebody oh, okay. bought a million of them and then yeah. sold them on eBay. And so I paid more than what I should have, but. I wasn't going to the park anytime soon and didn't know anybody else that was going to be there to get me one. So right. I overpaid right. and I'm okay with it. That's all right. That's all right. So yeah, that's the, uh, what did you call it at the beginning of the show? The, Oh, I forgot what you, I don't it. even remember. Yeah. That's the, uh, the bad news. So I mean, social media, 
probably what I saw was probably mixed 50 50 on people that were, uh, uh, probably different than 50 50. There, there were some that were really for it. There were some that were really guessing and there's some kind of in the middle who I like splash mountain, but I'm looking forward to princess and the frog. So. And like you said, I have no doubt that they're going to do their best to try to make it a decent attraction. Right. <sighs> But it, it's never going to – I really don't think it's ever going to have the same kind of nostalgia factor. Yeah. Because when was, when was Splash Mountain built? 1989? For some reason – I that, think so. That year is popping in my head, but I could be – I could be wrong. So, uh, yeah, let's see. Splash Mountain. Ooh. I mean, I remember going at it for as long as I can remember, but – yeah, July 17th, 1989. Uh, Magic Kingdom's opened October 2nd, 1992. But if I get to go to Tokyo Disneyland, I'll be riding on Splash Mountain there. So, Yeah, there'll they'll be Japanese voices, but... That's all right. That's you'll all also right. have uh, Country Bear Jamboree. Uh, in Tokyo? In Tokyo. Yeah. Japanese that's, hillbillies. That's all right. That's all right. I'll go watch them. <laughs> So yeah, July 17, 1989. So granted, it hasn't been there since the park opened or even in the 70s, like, you know, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain. But uh, what are we looking at? 31 years? It's I call it one of its iconic attractions. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been there as long as you've been alive. Oh, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was I was 15 when it was built. So. Now, here's an interesting thing. If you look at the concept art that was released with the announcement, mm -hmm. if you look closely at the logs, they are the logs where you sit next to someone. Which where is. Where you have like four they, rows of side by side. Don't they have that at Walt Disney World? That's what they have at Walt Disney World. Now, they could have just based the concept art off and used the logs that are represented in, in Walt Disney World. But right. if you remember a year ago or so when Splash Mountain was down for refurbishment on the Disneyland official app on the map for the Disneyland version, the logs changed to the side by side where on right. the map, if you zoomed in on Splash Mountain, the logs had the side by side seating. So I really don't think they could at this point. Because the entire flume, the entire attraction is based on the width of those logs. Right. And I think if you were to switch to the side-by-side -side seating, you'd have to widen the entire track, the entire flume. Yeah. So I just it, I thought it was interesting. It made me wonder if they'll switch it if Disneyland eventually will get the side-by-side -side seating or if because it was designed with that single file row, if it'll always have to be like that unless it goes through a major, and I don't even know if it's even possible to right. widen the entire thing. I feel like that the. Well, if you're doing a complete re retheming of it, maybe, maybe it is possible. Maybe. Uh, it says here in the article, which we never really talked about, what uh, what the ride's going to be. And basically, it says we pick up the story after 
the final kiss and join princess tiana and louis on a musical adventure featuring summer the powerful music from the film as they prepare for their first ever mardi gras excursion or performance so oh okay so not so it's not a retelling of the movie like right. some of the other rides no it's not, uh, not according to this um, interesting it's uh, yeah after the final kiss so Huh. Well, maybe not really. So then we'll it makes see. me wonder, are they going to write new music for it? Or, yeah. Or use the music from the movie as part of their first ever Mardi Gras performance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marsha's in the background. Give me a thumbs down. So. Yeah. I don't blame her. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's that. And now let's move on unless you got more to say. Which I'm sure we'll have more. We'll have more to talk about in the coming months, and as we get closer to, as Disneyland opens and as more comes out about the ride, um, we'll talk about it a little more. Uh, hopefully, over time, it gets a little easier. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. So earlier in the week, Cody had mentioned that he was rewatching the Imagineering story. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's uh, it was a it's a documentary series that premiered. I think it premiered the day that Disney Plus came out because I think that's when I watched the first episode. That was the first, very first thing I watched. Yeah, it was a it was a launch title. Title, yeah. Uh, the Imagineer Story, basically. Basically what it is, I'll read you the description from Disney+. Plus. Behind the magic of every Disney theme park lay mud, sweat, and fears. Creating happiness is hard work. For nearly 70 years, a unique blend of artists and engineers called Imagineers have cultivated an impossible notion from the mind of one man, Walt Disney, into a global phenomenon that touches the hearts of millions. Given unprecedented access, Academy Award-nominated filmmaker Leslie Iwerks leads the viewer on a journey behind the curtains of Walt Disney Imagineering, the little-known design and development center of the Walt Disney Company, to discover what it takes to create, design, and build 12 Disney theme parks around the world. So that's the, the basics of the Imagineering story. Leslie Iwerks is the granddaughter of, of Iwerks, uh, who was basically uh, with Disney from the beginning. I mean, he's yeah. he's... He's been there, uh, helped, uh, you know, depends on who you listen to or what you read, maybe, maybe developed Mickey Mouse or helped develop Mickey Mouse, depending on which story you believe. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he, he was definitely he was there. instrumental in the creation of Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, has been, was instrumental in everything that they did from pretty much the very beginning. So, mm -hmm. um, so his granddaughter is, a filmmaker, Academy Award nominated filmmaker, and she had been putting this together for a while. And I want to say, uh, before the whole Disney Plus things came out, it was supposed to be like an hour and a half documentary, maybe. Um, yeah, like a 90 minute special. Yeah, just, just, yeah, not really a series like it turned into be. Once they, once they heard about Disney Plus, then they decided to break it into six different episodes. Um, for the for the first season now it says season one episode one so that would lead me to believe that possibly there could be a season two and i'll have some questions for you after after we talk about it on some of your thoughts on what could be in a season two um 
All right. Or maybe, maybe we could do that after we watch episode six because we don't we don't really. I mean, I know, but I don't know what's coming up in the next episode. So, yeah. so okay. basically, we're we're, we're going to watch it again. So uh, when Cody told me that, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna start re, re, rewatching it, I was like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And then I think the next day, I I think I texted you and said, hey, you want to do a couple episodes on the imaginary story? We'll we'll watch the imaginary story during the week, and then we can talk about talk about it a little for the uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. So. We've got about we've got six episodes to watch, so it'll take six podcasts to get through. Um, but we watched the first one. It's called "The Happiest Place on Earth," season one, episode one. And uh, the quick synopsis of it: While Disney gathers his artists and engineers to build a dream into reality, these Imagineers formulate design principles that transport people from their everyday lives to lands of imagination. Never has there been a place with themed environments faithful to a story. Walt vows, unlike a film that gets finished, Disney will never be completed as long as there is imagination left in the world. Directed by Academy Award nominated filmmaker Leslie Iwerks. Uh, so, we watched episode one. We did. And if you've seen it, uh, then you'll kind of know what we're talking about. If you haven't seen it, it's been out for six, seven months. So, I'm not really worried about spoilers. Uh, but if you, if you don't want to hear uh, and you want to watch it for yourself, go ahead. Uh, you could turn the volume down, go do something else for a little while. Um, but I've watched it now three or four times because I think I watched it two in the beginning and then I watched it twice this week. And I'm still seeing things that I didn't see the first time or hear the first time or something catches my eyes. Uh, and for me, what really caught my eye the very first time I watched it was the intro. Uh, and if you yeah. watch all, all six intros, uh, if I remember correctly, the intros have – each different intro, it's each one is different and it has something to do with what's in that episode. Yes. So it'll oh. change every episode. So this one was about the, the things, the schematics, the blueprint drawings and everything, the 3d rendering models that you saw in the intro of this episode were all based on rides and or attractions that can be found at Disneyland in California. Right. Right. Uh, and it basically started out, uh, the, the story is just about his, how, how, how Disneyland came about. Uh, and I'm sure we've, you know, for, well, from the beginning, you know, with the animation, uh, award-winning animator, he, you know, they won all kinds of awards. They moved to some live action stuff. Uh, I, I was mentioning to Cody earlier, it was kind of funny how they, they kind of glossed over the animator strike. It was like, Hey, we're doing animation. Uh, Walt was tired of this, you know, and they showed people picketing and then they went to, he moved into live action and then went to Disneyland. Uh, yeah. Which, I mean, you could probably do a whole episode on the, on the strike. Uh, I know it wasn't, probably wasn't one of Walt's favorite periods, uh, but uh, uh, it is what it is. So, but I, I thought it was kind of funny that they, they just kind of mentioned that in like a sentence and then it was gone. Uh, but basically the start of Disneyland and his, his idea to build, build a park where I mean if I'm assuming most have heard the story you know he was sitting at uh, what was it Griffith Park his Griffith girls park. were on the carousel he was sitting on a bench I think he was eating some popcorn and uh, just wondering like why can't there be a place where where kids and adults could go um, and have fun together not just you know moms and dads sitting around watching the kids have fun um, so he came up with this idea of a park. And originally, it was going to be across the, across the way from his Burbank studio, um, 
and I guess he went before the Burbank city council and they, they, they said, no, we're not going to approve this because they were afraid of a carnival like atmosphere in the area, maybe, you know, ruining the, uh, the area. Uh, there wasn't very many good things, I guess, about carnivals back in the day, you know, they were, I guess dirty. they were just dirty. Yeah. Raunchy. Yeah. Right. And if you've gone to any carnivals or fairs lately, you know, I, I don't, I don't disagree that they're, <laughs> that they're dirty and raunchy and, uh, yeah, stuff like that. So, so it's interesting. And a lot of the stories I knew a lot of stuff that I knew, but it's still, there was what, what I really liked about this episode in particular, and we'll talk about later episodes later, but, uh, a lot of the, um, a lot of the pictures that I saw, a lot of the videos that I saw, I had never seen before yeah. uh, last November, uh, uh, the picture or video of the Atopia cars, you know, kids running into each other, spinning out and them trying to fix them. And, you know, yeah. I had always heard about it. That it was Okay. A so <laughs> about the Autopia vehicles, did you know that there was a, basically like a gear shift that the kid controlled for like side, forward right? and reverse on the side of the car, on the outside of the car? I didn't know that until I saw this episode. Yeah. So, well, yeah. and I did not notice that, that when I watched it back in November, I noticed it just when I rewatched it earlier in the week. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I mean, it makes sense because back in the day, you know, the automatic, you know, engine and everything. So you kind of had to put it in gear. Right. And yeah. so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Cause I think they could pull that lever back and I think it would go in reverse. reverse yeah. I know there, there was one shot of a couple cast members out there trying to pull a kid off the, like, looks like they were pulling them <laughs> off the side rail to get them straight. And- yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's just a lot of footage that, that I had never seen before. So I thought that was very cool. And then, you know, I, I hear a lot of these names, uh, people back in the day, um, let's see what like Mary Blair and, uh, who are some of the other ones, uh, John Hinch and John a lot Hinch. of these, these people that are, that are Disney legends now, but, uh, uh Herb Ryman, Herb Ryman. Yeah. And, and a lot, you get to hear a lot of these people talk in this documentary, uh, some of them you get to see actual interviews with them. The ones that don't have actual video footage, they just have the the voice of so and so. But but uh, some of them I'd never heard before. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see and hear these people that you only. I mean, you you read on a piece of paper. This guy's a Disney legend, and this is what he did. But to actually, mm-hmm. you know, hear from him or her, and uh, you know them them talking about the start of Disneyland and talking about Walt Walt in certain cases and. Uh, things that happen. I mean, we all know the story opening day, you know, counterfeit tickets, too many people getting in the concrete or the asphalt, not quite done. Uh, women's shoes sinking in the, you know, their, their heels sinking into the street. Uh, there was a plumber strike going on. Uh, so Walt had to, I guess, make a decision on either have working bathrooms or working water fountains. Obviously he chose bathrooms. Uh, but then they said he, he only did that. So he would sell more Coke out of the vending machines. And, <laughs> and I, and I've so. heard that before and I've heard someone actually tell the story and it makes me wonder if, if Walt actually said it or if it was just this person just kind of adding to the conversation. Right. Cause I've, cause right. I expect to hear it in that clip of that interview in this episode, but they don't, this person doesn't actually say it, but I've heard someone say that Walt said, in regards to that decision is like people can buy or drink Coca-Cola, but you can't piss in the street. Right. <laughs> yeah, 
you don't want that at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Just because um, the horse does it right. doesn't mean you can. So we had a we and then uh, had some interviews with uh, with Bob Gurr there because he was the one who designed the Utopia cars. Uh, he was a big car guy. Uh, one of the cool things I thought uh, that they that they did with him is they went uh, in an interview. They 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 took him up inside the Matterhorn um, into the the you know the inner workings of it, uh, the break room where I think we talked about it last last episode in the rumors miss thing. You know, with the mm-hmm. with the basketball hoop being up there, not a court but a hoop. You know, he makes a shot and then apparently all ca- like the cast members who are associated with that ride or with the, uh, with the mountain climbers, you know, they've all signed their name inside there on a wall, uh, which is cool. And he never signed his name. So he, he, uh, he uh, got to do it in, in this interview, you know, he signed. And he almost kind of sounded sad when he was talking about it. Cause <laughs> yeah. whoever was up there with him, some producer probably asked if he had ever signed it and he said no. And, She's like, well, why not? And he says, well, I was never a cast member employee. Right. He was an Imagineer. He was the designer, the creator. (laughs) But the only ones that, I guess, until him that had ever signed it were actual cast members, not anyone on the creative team. Yeah. And and the reason he was there, because he he actually, I mean, some of the footage that I was talking about that I never seen before, there was just the just the steel part of the Matterhorn and they were testing, they were testing the, uh, the, the, the bobsleds. And, you know, I had never seen that footage before where there's nothing around and it's just these bobsleds going in and out. With just uh, the, the structural steel of steel, the Matterhorn. Right. right. Yeah. That was very cool. So, um, and then it was cool to see, Bob. it was interesting to see Bob Gurr talk about, um, where vehicles were designing vehicles were definitely, his forte right right and that's kind of what he's known for um the autopia cars the monorail the omnimover ride vehicles um roller coasters weren't his thing he didn't like roller coasters um and so he designed not only the like the design of the bobsled for the roller coaster but he also had to design the track which forced him to learn trigonometry which back then he didn't yeah. receive in high school. So he had yeah. to teach himself a whole new form of mathematics because he was trying to understand the physics of the slopes and the angles of the track and everything. Yep. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the first part is just the building of Disneyland, the opening of Disneyland. Uh, they kind of went into a little bit of the 1959 Tomorrowland makeover, uh, or what we'll call plussing the park, uh, because just even in those four years, Tomorrowland became, I guess, outdated, <laughs> which yeah. we talked about that before being outdated now. But so they had the, you know, they had a, they had a, uh, a makeover of it. And then that's when they went into talking right after that is when they started talking about the Matterhorn and Bob Gurr doing the, the trigonometry thing and them taking us up into the inner sanctum of the, uh, of the mountain, which I thought was cool. Uh, that that'd be very cool if that was part of the walking in Walt's footsteps tour, you know, taking you up into the Matterhorn. Um, oh, man, I I mean, there's probably just a lot of liability involved with that, probably. but man, I wish. Yep. Oh, that'd be so cool. Uh, and then uh, then they kind of went into, uh, I guess, a new area of new era of Imagineers, and they 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 were talking about Mark Davis. Uh, they kind of talked a little bit about. Uh, the jungle cruise and 
how they introduced some humor into the jungle cruise, uh, when, which I guess, you know, I, I didn't go and, you know, I was going in the 1970s for, for the first time when I was a kid. So I didn't see the beginning of the jungle cruise, but apparently it was just a cruise, not really the skipper telling jokes. And at that point they started to introduce some of that into it. Um, then they got into a pretty good segment on, uh, audio animatronic, animatronic figures. And they were talking about, uh, the enchanted tiki room, um, which I don't think we went on last time. It's not one of those, those attractions that I do every time, mm-hmm. but I should, uh, that I've always, I think, I don't know if my daughter's ever been in it. So I definitely need to take her on that. And then to the your, great, great moments with Lincoln little your uh, youngest daughter. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think that, that would be something she would like, but she probably would, was, she's probably at that age to where it would just be fun for her still. Right. Right. Uh, and I, you know, I, I still enjoy it, but I don't go out in a lot or I don't yeah. go in. A lot. And they were talking about what the original plan was for the enchanted tiki room, like a, like a tea room mm-hmm. with, with birds. And I guess Walt thought, uh, they were going to be be real birds, and he's like, "We can't have that because they'll, they'll poop on the food or something like that." Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, "No, we'll have we'll have uh, we'll have fake birds." And uh, I think that was the first audio animatronic figures at Disneyland were those birds. Yes. So. Yep. Uh, and everything they learned with that then translated into they were getting ready for the world's fair. They were going to have four attractions there. And one of them was the great moments with Lincoln. And, you know, they, they talked about the designing the Lincoln and people thought he was, you know, was a real person up there and kind of some yeah. of the, the trials and tribulations of designing that because they, they had to basically, it had never been done before. So they were doing everything for the very first time, you know, uh, how do we make this guy's hands move, you know, the mouth move and, uh, so they would build stuff and try it. If it worked, they'd use it. If it didn't, they'd scrap it and they'd, you know, start all over. So, um, with designing a lot of rides now, they, they've done it already. They've, or they've done something similar. So it, it seems a lot easier back then. Hey, this is the first time we're doing this. It, it right. Just, it was uh, just about every new project they did. They had to innovate. Right. Right. They, 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 they couldn't just order stuff and build it. I mean, they, they had to build the stuff. <laughs> yeah, they literally it. had to create the technology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it it's been a it's been a pretty good time on the World's Fair. Obviously, we got great moments with Lincoln. Uh, the Carousel of Progress was there. Um, Small Worlds. Um, and then the, the the Ford Motor attraction. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't know too too much about that. And they didn't spend much time with it. They just said, "How cool would it be to you know ride a Ford around an attraction?" So, um, they did spend quite a bit of time on "It's a Small World." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his thought on you know him him wanting that type of attraction, and then getting involved with the Sherman Brothers to write the song, and basically Walt saying, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do. Write me a song." You know, so. Um, you know, they just small, you know, it's small worlds, you know, kids. And originally, I, and, and I, just I in case you forgot the lyrics, James, we'll, uh, we'll insert those here. <laughs> yeah, we can get some lyrics for you, James. It's a world of laughter, a world of tears. It's a world of hopes and a world of fears. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware. It's a small world after all. Uh, 
originally, and I probably had read it before, but I forgot, you know, originally each area they were going to do like the country's anthem. Right. The national anthem for each country that you traveled through. But then the, the acoustics and the building, it just, you can't play different songs in different, it would just, it would, you, you would hear the other anthems from where you are. Yeah. Uh, so they came up with one song that could be recorded in different languages, especially where in that building and the the audio system in that attraction, it's not an onboard speaker system. So it's not like the song can just change as your boat moves through. The right. speakers are placed everywhere throughout the building, not on your boat. Yeah, exactly. Whereas that's why you can do it with Haunted Mansion. Um and, you know, other rides like that because, because the, the speaker travels with you. Right. Right. Um, see what else say the, the interesting things I remember about the small world one, uh, they were talking to what's your name that did all the costumes and, um, I just, I just, uh, remember. Mary Blair, Mary Blair. Yeah. Cause she was asking Walt, you know, what type of, uh, what type of budget do I have to do all this? And he basically said, Hey, there's a whole building with stuff over there. Uh, you just tell me what you need. And I tell this other building that's, that's the money we want. So yeah, yeah, I have a whole building of people that figure out where to get the money. Yeah. Which uh, in the beginning was Roy's job. And, uh, just a side note, I, I know it mentions about Roy and Walt, Walt fighting quite a bit. Uh, cause Roy did control the money. You know, he knew he, he, he controlled the money. Walt would say, this is what I want. Like for Disneyland, for instance, I think it was budgeted at $5 million because they got <laughs> they got yeah. the money from ABC in exchange for the television you know, they, program, the, the television program. But then they ended up coming in around $17 million, I think, for the completed Disneyland. So yeah, a little more than three times the original yeah. budget. <laughs> so uh, which is crazy because you could not do something like they did. It'd be interesting to see what $17 million back then is today. Yeah. I mean, you can, because they spent over a billion on galaxy's edge. Granted the technology in the rides are a lot more complicated than when Disneyland opened in 1955. Right. But over a billion on just the, what? 13 acres that galaxy's edge is. Yeah. That that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying to look it up right here. Uh, $17 million in 1955 is equivalent in purchasing power to about, looks like 162 million. Okay. In 2020. 162-637-985. Yeah, 162 million. Yeah, so that's still... A difference of $145 million. <laughs> yeah. So. And a tenth, close to a tenth of what Galaxy's Edge cost. Right. And they built the entire theme park. Theme park, yeah. So they, uh, one of the things they uh, they talked about uh, with uh, It's a Small World was the the ability for that attraction to, to uh, accommodate so many guests. Uh, basically... They said no, no attraction had ever carried 1,500, 1,600 people an hour. And now all of a sudden this ride was capable of doing like 3,000 people an hour. Mm-hmm. Just, just virtue of how, how the, it was a continuously going ride. You'd load, you'd go, you'd load, you'd go. So, 
Yeah. Uh, it could, it could get a lot of people in and out, um, throughout the day. So I think even like space mountain only does like 16 or 1800. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then to end it off, uh, it was Bob Gurr, a quote from Bob Gurr that said that showed you how smart Walt was. Uh, we would use somebody else's money to develop this technology and develop these shows that would run in New York for two years. Uh, and then Disneyland had a nice brand new attraction after that. So, yeah, because that's literally what the 1964 World's Fair was, is these companies, right. Ford Motors, um, I think it was Coca-Cola or Pepsi-Cola. Pepsi. I think it was Pepsi. Uh, for uh, for a small world? Yeah, I want to say, uh, let me see if I can, uh, while you're talking, I will uh, pull up a picture of it. Yeah, they, they, for whatever reason, they had these big old pavilions at the 1964 World's Fair, and I don't know what message Pepsi or Coke was trying to send with the Small World true. attraction, oh, but it was Pepsi Cola. It was Pepsi Cola. So Pepsi Cola presents Walt Disney's "It's a Small World." So I don't know what message Pepsi was trying to portray with that, but yeah, but all, all the big—I mean, Pepsi, Ford—you know—all these big, big companies were giving these people's people money to create these these attractions mm-hmm. or presentations and uh, you know, good for, good for Walt. He, he was able to do that with uh, a couple of attractions and then bring them back. So, yeah. Um, and then after the world's fair, they, what, what did they go into after world's fair? Um, I'm trying to remember. Cause they, they talked about the world's fair for quite a while. Well, I think after that, it moved into like pirates of the Caribbean, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Pirates and, um, Pirates in Haunted Mansion. Yeah, Pirates um, bringing these new Imagineers in. Uh, They mentioned, I think it was Claude Coates and Mark Davis working together, which they said were like two completely different type of people, Uh, but they worked well to to create the the ride. Um, Yeah. And at that point, and there was a quote, and and I wish I can find it, which I might be able to find it while I'm talking, but... um, Oh, here, here, here you go. So it's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. It says it's been there since 1967. It said, so these guys have, have been performing here for all these years. It's like a big movie set. In fact, it became a great movie. Uh, it's a thing that we all measured ourselves against. No matter what park around the world we were doing, no matter what kind of attraction, uh, this is so dynamic and it's such a great story that is developed by the characters and by the sequencing going through on this boat ride. So basically, there was, she was saying... Everything they did after that, they they compared it to pirates. You know, mm-hmm. you know pirates was like the gold standard. Yeah, of attractions, and they were trying to not necessarily duplicate pirates, but to build attractions as good as pirates, or or possibly try to do it better. So, mm-hmm. um, speaking so, of pirates yeah. of the Caribbean, did you see the news that was going around today on social media about pirates of the Caribbean? But, uh, yeah. What's your name from, was it Mar- uh, Margot Robbie? Robbie playing, uh, starring in the next Pirates movie? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the main character, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. Because I love that. I love the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Yeah. Uh, every one of them. But I don't know if they have uh, gone, you know, taken it as far as they can take it and... Uh, to use a theme from uh, 
back in the day, like jump the shark. I, I, I don't know if you ever heard that before. No, Basically, it came from happy days. There was an episode where Fonzie, they were in the ocean and he was doing a stunt to jump a shark. And basically at that point in the happy day series, it was like winding down. It was something to try to try to revive, you know, to try to keep it going, oh. but, it, but it wasn't going to work. So when you, when you jump the shark, basically you're done. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did see that today, so, but I didn't. I didn't read the article. I just, I just uh, read the uh, the uh, headline. So, um, and then, uh, yeah, back to back to Pirates: The Bride. I mean, it is one of my favorite rides. Uh, it was definitely mine as a kid, right? Because it's it's got the drops, but the drops weren't too big for you. Mm-mm. Um, I've never heard you complain about a. Uh, uh, a lap bar because uh, the drops aren't that big. So no. And so growing up, my mom would tell me that the, that first initial drop on pirates of the Caribbean is just as big as the one at the end of splash mountain. She lied to you. (laughs) It's just a bold face lie. And I was like, mom, I'm not stupid. That is not the same distance. She's like, yes, it is. It's just dark. You can't tell. I was like, my stomach knows the difference. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yep. Um, yeah, they, they talked about pirates for a little bit and then they went into a little, little clip about like Disney trying to be imitated by other parks. And, you know, they showed the, yeah. some things that look like Skyway and they showed some things that look like a jungle cruise, but basically saying that, you know, it's often imitated, you know, there's cheaper knockoffs that tried to do what Disney did, but basically failed. So, uh, Disney was always ahead of, uh, ahead of the curve and ahead of them. Uh, Raleigh Krupp said he started a whole new industry. Um, so, and then there was a quote here said the reason somebody asked, why did Walt do four shows in the New York's world fair? He said he wanted to challenge his, his imaginaries to see if they could really compete with the world designers. And obviously he had some pretty good imaginaries. So yeah, he did. Uh, and then kind of to close out the show, they, they, they introduced Walt's desire to, uh, build another, and I, I don't think his desire was to build another theme park because they, they they started talking about Epcot, uh, which yeah. he was he he was into building like the city of tomorrow, basically. You know, he wanted uh, to improve the standard of living, the way we lived our lives, right? And but redesign the way a city worked, how neighborhoods worked. flowed. You know, right? Basically, in the middle, you have your industrial, you know, your working area, and then as you go out, you have the cities and the you know, they, there was transit systems there. They showed like a people mover type thing, train yeah. cars. Uh, what What is now referred to as Epcot at the magic at, at Walt Disney World in Florida is, is, is nowhere near at all what Walt Disney thought of as Epcot. Right. The, and Epcot stands for Experimental Prototype City of Tomorrow. And in and, and no way whatsoever does Epcot <laughs> resemble an experimental and, prototype city of tomorrow. You know, had 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 Walt Disney not passed away, you know, we, mm-hmm. he, he, he would have got what he wanted. Uh, now, obviously, Roy took the took the reins and tried to honor, you know, Walt's vision. But I don't, I don't think it turned out exactly like Walt would have. No, but I, it's still obviously. And, and you're you're just about to get into this, but. Um, I mean, it's not a spoiler. Walt Disney eventually, unfortunately, passes away kind of an untimely death due to 
lung cancer. Lung cancer, yeah. And because of that, they kind of more or less abandoned, but put on put aside the Epcot project that he was currently working on. Um, and really, Roy and the rest of the team really just focused on the Magic Kingdom over right. in Florida to to honor Walt and his initial vision. Yeah. And I, I can tell you before, before the whole, I was talking about Epcot, but when they were planning this new, uh, we'll call it adventure or whatever, this new thing, uh, they called it project X. They, 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 they kind of wanted to keep it a secret, uh, because they were looking for a lot of land and mm-hmm. they corrected. And we mentioned it before they corrected their mistake that they made at Anaheim. They corrected that in Florida. They bought up a tons ton of, of land. Uh, and I thought they had mentioned, oh, here it is, 27,000 acres of land where. Well, what uh, is it like? What did it say? Like roughly the size of San Francisco yeah, or does it say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, untouched land in Central Florida equal to the size of San Francisco. So, mm-hmm. And uh, since then, they've acquired more land. Right. Because I'm pretty sure they mentioned in this episode that part of the land that they bought was agreed to be uh, conservation land. Right. That they weren't going to develop it. And so as they've continued to expand Walt Disney World over the years, they buy more land in order to conserve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It talks, yeah, it talks about here what you were talking about earlier. Um, Where'd he go? He said he wanted to prove to community leaders how people could live better with transportation systems and monorails and people movers and things like that. His vision for Epcot was an actual community where it was kind of the perfect utopia where humans could live, work, and play together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if his vision was, you know, uh, different, like an Epcot, not necessarily an Epcot, but like this Epcot here, then a, then a city here, then a city here, kind of like each city be like an Epcot style. Uh, they said he was a futurist. So, uh, he was looking toward the future and, uh, which whenever people mention Epcot and that type of stuff, and, and I see these things clips with it's a small world. I think I always think of that movie. Uh, was it, was it called Tomorrowland? Oh, <laughs> uh, cause that's kind of the, you know, they were trying to, you know, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a topic for another day. I was really excited for that movie when it was announced and everything. And we should watch that one soon and talk about it. Cause it's got some, it's got some good stuff in it. I like it does. There's, there's some cool little hidden things in there. If you know what you're looking for, right. Um, but it's just kind of an odd concept overall and a little too futuristic. (laughs) And then, uh, there, there's this quote from Disney. They, they were doing an interview with him and I've seen this interview many times. He's sitting in an office and he's talking about, that's where he first shares the story of going to Griffith park with his daughters, et cetera. And, uh, the guy asked him a question. Um, well, first of all, it talks about his dad, about, uh, from his hospital bed, Walt, talking to Roy, uh, imploring with him to finish those projects that he started, especially he said his vision for Florida. And then this interviewer asked him a question from an earlier interview. He says, well, this is Walt talking, uh, which is another thing I think is cool with these. I'm, I've heard Walt talk and seen interviews, but it's, it's nice to hear his voice. Uh, yeah. My greatest reward, I think, is that I've been able to build this wonderful organization. I've been able to enjoy good help. What I feel today I feel like I can still go on being part of this thing after 40 some odd years in this business. 
and also to have the public appreciate and accept what I've done all these years. This is a great reward. Uh, and then that's when they'd say, you know, the narrator, which was Angela Bassett. Uh, she's the narrator for all of them. Uh, says Walt Disney died on December 15, 1966. He was 65 years old. Uh, and then they show you know, a bunch of reporting clips, uh, uh, pictures, videos, um, newspaper articles. Uh, talk, they talked about the flag being lowered to half staff. Uh, they, did not, they did not close the park that day or, or any day because um, they, they figured Walt, Walt, Walt would want Disneyland to go on. He wouldn't want it to be closed. So, um, and that was kind of the end. Uh, yeah, it talks about here, the day Walt died, we opened up and it was the right decision. Walt would say the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Walt, I think that what Walt wanted to do more than just a Disneyland, he was trying to leave us with a vision for the future. So, so that's the first episode of the Imagineering story. Uh, it's about an hour and eight minutes, I believe. Uh, if Something I, if right I remember, around there. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Um, and then in episode two, which will, it was 69 minutes, so an hour and nine. Episode two, 63 minutes. Uh, and basically the tagline here says, after Walt's death, the Imagineers, the Imagineers persevere to fulfill his vision for Florida and expand overseas because kind of after they died or after Walt, Walt died that some of the Imagineers were like, you know, what, what, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah. What's, uh, what's next? Yeah. Uh, and then there was a quote, I think it was by Raleigh Crump, which I wanted to share, which I don't think, uh, let's see. Oh, here it is. This is Raleigh. The whole group of us, we all went down to a restaurant and celebrated his life and had a few drinks and we all kind of just looked at each other like, well, what's our next assignment? Because we really didn't know. And then he said, John Hinch made the strongest statement of all. He said, now all, it says, now we'll know how much of our work Walt did for us. So, <laughs> Walt, because Walt, Walt was involved in everything. He, everything. You know, everything. So now they were going to see, they were going to find out, I guess, how good they actually were uh, without the man's help. So, um which yeah, is I'm, just I'm crazy that he was involved in everything that his company did because during all that time, he still had his animation studio and everything that they was pumping out movies. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to episode two, uh, to watch it for the third time. Uh, but like I said, I, I watched them all in a couple of days back in no, no, November. So it's actually cool that, uh, that I get to go back and watch them again. So, yeah. And the, the title of next, uh, next week, uh, next week's episode or next episode is called what would Walt do? So they're trying to go on as a company and try to do, try to do everything the way Walt would do it, which I don't think, uh, <sighs> succeed all the time, which is what I, what I like about some of these episodes. They, they, they do talk about some of their failures. And that's, that's, I was going to mention that too. That's what I, one of the things I like most about just this document documentary series is that it's not this just glorified PR thing that look look at us, we're Disney, we're perfect. We do all these great things and they do a lot of great things, but they, in this particular show, the series, they're not afraid to admit 
they're not necessarily ragging on themselves, but they're like, yeah, there were some things that didn't quite go the way we wanted that weren't received well by the public that maybe this was just a complete flop. And we realized, okay, we've got to do something and change this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so if you haven't seen the imaginary story, the first episode, uh, even if you listen to what we talked about, we, we probably hit on, you know, 25% of the, the stuff that we actually saw. So right. there's so much just in there. You can watch it a couple of times and still, like I said earlier, still be like, Oh, I didn't see that the, the first time. I didn't, I don't remember that quote. Um, so, uh, check it out if you haven't and, uh, let us know what you think about it. And then next week we'll, we'll watch, uh, episode two. I'll try to watch it at least twice this mm-hmm. week. Um, just, just so I know what the heck I'm talking about. So, um, Anything else last, uh, any, anything else on the, uh, imaginary story that you want to mention that we didn't talk about? Uh, make sure you don't skip the intro as it gives you the chance to skip the intro, but don't skip it. Yeah, gotta That's watch like the intro, the especially the since it changes every episode. Right. Yeah. Watch the intro. Uh, it's well done. Uh, Leslie, I works and her team did a good job. So, and I don't know if they created the music that plays in the background and in the intro specifically for this or if they got it from somewhere else, but it's a great little piece of music too. Yeah. I'll try to see if I can, uh, I'll see if I can include it down here somewhere. Um, so you guys can hear it. If not, just uh, (laughs) go on to Disney plus and imaginary story and hit play on episode one. So, uh, you won't hear it right away. Uh, cause they, they do a couple minutes of like, uh, like an intro thing or Bob, Bob Iger's talking and a couple of other things. So, um, I, I love Bob Iger, man. Did you finish reading his book yet? No, but I still love him. (laughs) (laughs) But just from what I have read from his book and then seeing his brief interview in this episode and he pops back in, in other episodes too, because while they were doing this, putting this project together, he was the current CEO and so he pops in a couple of times and talks about the history of the company or the things he yeah. was directly involved with. Some of the things later on, he was he was part of the company, so he was yeah. involved in it. So. Yeah. And uh, so, but I don't know. He's he's a good speaker. Yeah. And so when he talks, you just you're captivated by him. Yeah. So we got five more episodes to go. Uh, they I haven't heard of anything introducing a second season, but. They could. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff that I could talk about. Uh, now, I was listening to another podcast just within the last week where they brought in one of the producers of oh, the Imagineering okay. story and talked to I, – I forget what his name was, but he was a producer on the show. Was it Mark? Um, dang it. Um, I had it written down, but I left it at work. Um, I'll get his name right here. Go ahead. Basically – Hmm. Go ahead, finish your. Oh, okay. Basically, he was just saying that there's a lot of footage and interviews and things that they accumulated and collected for this project that still did not make it into the six to seven hours between all the episodes. Right. Um. Okay. And said so, so. There's definitely enough content for another season and then they could go even and, and film more, take other interviews from different people um, right. and, you know, make it really into like a 
like a video essay series you know about different imagineering things i thought i thought a cool direction they could go would be like attractions like an episode on just like haunted mansion and then an episode just on pirates but more fleshed out than just two or three minutes like one day at disney exactly yeah exactly but all the ins and outs of the imagineers you know storyboarding it creating it the struggles yeah that would be really cool Let's see. It was created by Leslie Artworks. Written. Oh, I was thinking of this guy. He, he was the writer. Mark uh, Cantalina. Cantalina. Was it a guy named Michael E. Tang? He was the producer. Think so. Mark Cantalina. Mo Stive. Ian Author. Nah. Okay. They don't list very many people. On I I'm could. Sure I could look it up right here because I have it on my podcast app. There's quite a few here. people that are involved in a project that there that aren't listed right here. So. I don't I don't want to listen to it. I want the description. <laughs> so while Cody's looking that up uh, and he'll share it if he finds it, uh, I did want to uh, do our little uh, talk about our social media real quick while he's doing that. If you have seen the imaginary story, imagineering story, uh, and you want to share your thoughts on it, uh, you can email us at talking Disney podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to talk about anything else, uh, tell us hi, tell us how we're doing. Uh, tell us, Cody, you suck, whatever. Uh, hey, whatever you, can you gotta tell. <laughs> uh, we're on Facebook at talking Disney podcast. We're on Twitter at talking Disney. We are on Instagram, uh, talking Disney podcast. And we have a website, www.talkingdisneypodcast.com where you'll always find a link to our show. Uh, right when it's published, uh, sometimes uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all those uh, places that you can find us, it does take a few minutes, sometimes 20 to 30 before it actually gets on there. So uh, you can always find it at www.talkingdisneypodcast.com. So did you find it, Cody? No, I, I found it, but I can't get it to show me the full description. Cause it's oh. just right after like where it cuts off, where it gives me the guy's name. So I'm trying to look at it another way to see if it will tell me, uh, Oh, it's, it is Mark producer and director, Mark Catalina. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. All right. After, after the show, you have to tell me what that podcast is. And I'd like to listen to it, listen to him at least. So, all right, got any last minute? Uh, anything last minute to say on the uh, the close until further notice? Disneyland, uh, yeah. the, the reimagining or remaking of Splash Mountain into a Princess and a Frog themed attraction. No, I don't want to say anything more on that than I already have. Somebody will get uh, mad at me. The Imagineering story. Uh, looking forward to episode two. Yeah, I'm excited to just rewatch yeah. this whole thing. I've been wanting to for a while, and I'm glad that I mentioned that I. I was to you because now we've got five more weeks of something to talk right, about. Exactly. And if you do like, because uh, I was reading an article, uh, you know, it, it's this, it's packed full of Disney history, uh, Disney facts. And uh, yeah. even, even I, I consider myself, I, I don't want to say hardcore, but um, a huge Disney history fan. And there's still stuff in here that I learned that I didn't know. Um and then there's uh, a couple other things on Disney Plus. If you're into Disney history, uh, animation, Imagineering, 
anything like that. There's a documentary called Waking Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And one called Frank and Ollie. Uh, that's really good. So, uh, Is the boys on there yet? I don't know. I, it was supposed to be, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, th- and it had a date when it was officially going to be there. It basically just had the placeholder title card when it launched. But that's uh, a good one too. The boys, the Sherman Brothers story is on there. Okay. It gives me the ability to play it. That's really that's good. a fantastic one about the Sherman Brothers. Yeah. So, and if you're into, we talked a little bit about the Sherman Brothers in the first episode of Imagineering Story as well. Yeah. Um, because they wrote. Uh, it's a small they, world. They did. They did the song Tiki for. Room. So uh, they've done a lot. <laughs> if you're into the new stuff, there's also Into the Unknown, the making of Disney's Frozen Two. If you want to check that one out, because so, can't have enough Frozen. Yeah. Exactly. So if you haven't checked out those, check them out. Uh, when you look for Imagineering Story, if you click, uh, it should be um, a thing called Suggested. It'll it'll suggest other ones to you. There's Empire of Dreams, the story of the Star Wars trilogy. That one, I haven't seen that one yet. I'll have to check that one out. So I have. I did recently watch the first episode of the Disney Gallery, okay. where they're talking about the making of the Mandalorian. That, yeah, that, that's, was that was interesting. There's like six or seven episodes of that, I think. And I've watched just like one and a half so far. But. Right. So if, if you haven't seen Imagine Story, check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, and if you want to watch, uh, if you want to watch episode two this week and send us your thoughts, we can share them on the show. Um, and I think that's all I got for tonight, Cody. That's going to be it for me tonight. We should be able to record next week. Uh, I don't have anything in the next couple weeks that would delay us. So you might, uh, but let me know. Um, next weekend is the 4th of July weekend. Oh, yeah. I will be out camping. I forgot about that. So maybe okay. we can do something earlier. Earlier in the week? Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Or, right. or Sunday night when I get – actually, I'm not getting back till Monday. But we'll get some out. We'll get all right. Out. So, all right. Well, if you got nothing else, Cody, last chance. That's it. All right. Well, uh, that's all we got. We're going to get out of here, go to bed. Oh, we don't have to go to work tomorrow. That's good. Or I don't know. Ooh, you do. I, I don't have to go to work. Nope. Oh, all right, nope. Awesome. Saturday, we don't have to go to work. We're recording on Friday, June 26th. Oh, I want just happy Stitch Day for you Stitch fans out there. Oh, six to six. I was kind of disappointed in my daughter this morning because it's she's a huge Stitch fan, and I said, "Hey, happy Stitch Day!" And she's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, six to six, June twenty sixth." She said, "Oh," so now she knows. Is she so, even a Stitch fan? I, I'm questioning that right now, so I'll have to sit her down and have a talk with her. Tell her she's uninvited to what she was previously invited to. <laughs> I'll, I'll let her know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for taking time out of your day, night, afternoon to listen to us. And we are going to get out of here. We will uh, talk to you later. Bye. Ciao. Yeah, folks. And me and my pals hope you had a swell time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mickey? Uh-huh? It's that time. Uh, what time is that, Minnie? Oh, <laughs> Goofy? Oh, oh. Now it's time to say good night to all our company. Oh, no, not that, Chad. 
M-I-C. See you real soon. It's always Mickey Mouse. K-E-Y. Why? Why? Because we like you. Be careful getting home. Bye-bye.